We all have questions. We all need answers. It is on this program that we get our answers from the Bible. It's time to Ask the Preacher with Rev. Carl Gallops of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida. Welcome to another edition of Ask the Preacher. I'm your host, Mike Bates, and with me in the studio, as he is every week, is the pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida, Reverend Carl Gallops. Welcome, Carl. Mike, it's a pleasure to be here. I look forward to this every week. I do, too. I have a question for you today about the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he was crucified and he was in the grave for three nights, and on the third day he rose again. But does the Bible give us any clues, or does it outright say where he was during those three days? We know that his, his body was in the tomb, but where did Jesus go when he died? Mm-hmm. Very good question. Yeah, and the Bible does say where he was. Uh, now, I can answer that question with one word. The word is paradise. And then we could conclude the show. But the Bible has a lot more to say. And it also, by saying certain things, and I'll tell you what those things are in a moment, it causes more questions. But let's get back to the immediate answer to the immediate question. Where was Jesus during the three days that his body was in the tomb? And you rightly stated that. His body was in the grave, as our bodies will be in a grave one day, Mike, if, if, if the rapture doesn't occur in our lifetime. But we will be somewhere else, the Bible says, either in heaven or in hell, depending upon what we have done with Jesus Christ. But the reason we know that Jesus was in paradise is because he told the thief on the cross. There were two thieves on the cross that day he was crucified, one crucified on each side of him. One basically reviled him and mocked him. The other one, though, turned to him and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus responded by saying, truly, I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Now, you can't get any clearer than that as to where Jesus knew he was going <laughs> and where this thief would go with him. Paradise with him in paradise. Now that's interesting, Mike, because the word paradise is used only three times. Now that's the English translation of the Greek word, and I'm not going to bore our listeners with all the Greek and everything, but it is the English translation of the Greek word. It is used in that particular way with that particular word only three times in all of Scripture. One of them it's used in that particular Scripture reference um, uh, where he says, you'll be with me in paradise, and that was in Luke chapter 23. The next time it's used is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when Paul's talking about how he was in the Spirit. and He said, I was caught up to the third heaven. I was caught up to paradise, he said. So Paul himself was kind of taken into the presence of God. We know that John the Revelator was also taken into that throne room and presence of God as well, but he doesn't call it paradise, but he does let us know that. But then again in Revelation um, uh, uh, chapter, uh, uh, ah, gosh, I think it's chapter uh, 2, but it talks about how the tree of life, which is in the which is in the paradise of God. So that word paradise is used three times in the scripture. Jesus uses it first when he tells the thief, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, that's the quick answer. That's the biblical answer. He was in paradise. But then that, then that begs other questions like, OK, what is paradise and where is paradise? And if Jesus was in paradise... 
then why did Jesus say things like this? When he came back from the grave, Mary fell down at his feet to worship him, clutched his feet. And in, and in the Gospel of John, Jesus said, uh, Mary, don't touch me yet. I have not yet ascended to my father. Well, but if he told the thief he was going to be in paradise, why would he tell Mary he hadn't gone there yet? Okay, good question, huh? Mm -hmm. Another. See, I know you're thinking, Carl, you're backing yourself in a corner. But oh, no, I'm not. You know me better than that. <laughs> I'm not that stupid. But there's another, there's another passage in John chapter 3. Now, Jesus is still on the face of the earth before his crucifixion. He's talking to Nicodemus. That's the famous passage where it's John 3.16, where he says, look, Nicodemus, for God so loved the world. But before he gets to John 3.16, in John 3.13, Jesus says this. He says, you know, Nicodemus, no one has ever gone into the presence of the Father except for the one who's come down from heaven, from the Father. And, of course, he was talking about himself mm -hmm. as being the one who came down. But listen to what he said. He said something shocking to Nicodemus. He said, basically, nobody's ever gone to heaven, Nicodemus. Which had to be quite a shock to well, Nicodemus. Well, it was a shock to Christians. when they. I mean, Christians have skimmed over that verse for years. Because they're, they're so keyed in on John 3.16, for God so loved the world. But just before that, three verses earlier, Jesus said, listen, no one has ever gone into the presence of the Father. Well, except he who has come down from the Father from heaven. And, of course, Jesus was talking about himself. So how do, you, how do you reconcile all of this? Jesus telling the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus telling John before he was ever crucified, nobody's ever even gone into the presence of the Father. And then how do you reconcile when he comes back from the grave? Mary falls at his feet, grabs his feet, and, and Jesus said, look, I haven't, haven't gone to my father yet. Don't, don't grab my feet. Well, here's the answer, Mike. Now, what I'm going to share is probably going to be groundbreaking biblical knowledge to most Christians listening to this. Again, um, I am fascinated by taking seemingly contradictory passages of Scripture and putting them in their context and studying the fire out of them in Scriptures and taking sometimes years to study the Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation to pull the story together. And here is what I believe. This is my biblical opinion, but I, you notice I use the word biblical. It is my opinion, but it is biblical in that I'm going to put it all in context. Here's what I think happened based upon the Scriptures. Paradise. You could say it's like, let's just, for, for, only for human illustration purposes, let's say the paradise of, of, of God is like a big, beautiful island, the island of paradise, all right? Mm -hmm. And everyone who died in the Lord, even before Jesus Christ, the patriarchs of old, all right, they died and went to paradise if they were believers in God, okay? So on that, but in the middle of that island, Mike, let's place a huge castle, a temple, if you will. Okay? And the Bible says that in the, in, in the kingdom of heaven, the, the real temple of God exists. All right? The temple on earth is just a shadow of what's reality in heaven. But in the middle of this island is the temple of God, which is the abode, the dwelling place of God the Father himself. The presence of all presences, the, the being of all beings, the life of all life is within that castle in the middle of paradise. Now watch this, Mike. The whole book of Hebrews talks about how Jesus entered in to the holy place in the heaven and presented his blood, thus opening the way to heaven for all. The book of Hebrews talks about how even the patriarchs of old longed for this day so that they could have access to God the Father. Now listen, they were in heaven when they died. They were on the island of paradise, so to speak. But no one 
prior to the blood of Jesus being shed had ever been into the presence of the Father. No one had ever entered into that castle and seen God face to face. Jesus said that, Mike, in John chapter 3. He told Nicodemus, he says, that, look, no one has ever gone into the presence of the Father, but only he who has come from the presence of the Father. So prior to the blood of Jesus being shed, Mike, even Abraham and David and all these guys, they were in paradise when they died. They were in heaven, if you will. And then I'm not talking about levels of heaven here. I mean, it's all one place. It's the, where God himself dwells. But no one had ever yet seen the face of God until the blood of Jesus had been shed. So here's what happened. Biblically, timeline speaking, Jesus came from that throne room. He himself. He came through the flesh of a baby. God entered into the world. God in the flesh. Okay? Three years of public ministry. He goes to a cross, three days in the grave, three full nights and three days in the grave. On the third day, he rose. During those three days, he went to paradise and he revealed himself to the people who were waiting for this revelation. Abraham, Isaac, Jesus himself, when he was on the face of the earth, talking about himself, he said, Abraham longed to see my day. Even Abraham longed to see my day. The Pharisees hated him for that. They tried to stone him for it because they knew he was claiming to be God. But he meant that. Abraham had not yet seen Jesus. Abraham had not yet seen the face of God, even though Abraham was in paradise. The temple had not been opened because the blood of the Lamb had not been shed. The Holy of Holies, the way into the Holy of Holies where God dwells, the curtain had not been ripped yet until the blood of the Lamb was spilt. So when Jesus left this earth, he went for three days, and I think there was a party in paradise. I think Abraham, David, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all of the, the patriarchs of old, the people of old who had died in faith, believing in God, believing in the Messiah to come. They were in paradise. They were in heaven. But they were, they, 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 there was a huge party for three days as the Son of God appeared in the flesh in paradise, presented himself to them. They longed to see his day. Now they finally saw his day. But on the third day, his work wasn't done. He had to appear back on earth to prove that he was God in the flesh. So after the third day, he appears on earth. But he's on the face of the earth 40 days, Mike. 40 more days, revealing himself to hundreds of his disciples, the Bible says. Then, Mike, he ascended back to heaven, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1. And I tell you what happened. Hebrews tells us what happened. When he ascended back, see, that's why he told Mary, I haven't yet gone to the Father. Don't touch me. I'm still holy. He hadn't. He'd been in paradise but even he had not presented his blood yet in the Holy of Holies in paradise. But Hebrews tells us that he did. When he ascended to the Father, Hebrews tells us, he took his own blood and entered behind the curtain of the Holy of Holies and presented his blood. Thus the curtains were opened and the access to God himself is now presented to all believers in all times and all places on heaven, in heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. He is the mediator between God and man, the scripture says, because it's through his blood. Now, when I pray, to, I can pray directly to the creator of the universe, Mike, in the name of Jesus. I can say, dear God, dear Father, please do this, please do that. Hear my prayer. Anoint me, bless me, uh, use me in the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, I make this prayer, Lord. See, God gave us permission once that blood was presented in his name. That's why Jesus said, pray in my name. Hey, pray in my name. It'll go right to the throne. Pray in my name. Okay? And Hebrews tells us this. Hebrews tells us that the ancients of old longed for this days, that even then they had access to the throne room of God. So this is what happened, Mike. Jesus was crucified. 
He spent three days in paradise. He revealed himself to the prophets of old and to the ancients of old. There was a big party in paradise. The thief that was on the cross went with him. He enjoyed the whole thing. Jesus then said to everybody there, hey, I got to go back to earth now. I've got to complete my work. He rises from the grave. He presents himself alive. He tells Mary truthfully, don't touch me. Haven't gone to the Father yet. And he told Nicodemus truthfully before his crucifixion, listen, nobody's gone to the Father yet. There's only been one person in the presence of the Father. That's me. And he says, but then when he ascended back into heaven after 40 days on the face of the earth, Hebrews tells us what happened. He went into the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies was open. Now, along comes Paul, some 14, 15 years later. Paul's the great apostle Paul. He's doing his work for the Lord. He's all over the world, missionizing, planting churches, having his ups and downs. And in the middle of that, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians, he says, man, I was caught up to paradise. I was caught up to the presence of God. He said, I saw things I'm not even allowed to speak yet. I can't even tell you. Paul says that. You say, yeah, but how could he go into the presence of God? Oh, because the blood had already opened the way, Mike. Jesus had been before him. Now, Paul, John, on the island of Patmos, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And in chapter 4 and 5 of Revelation, he said, I was taken into the throne room of God himself. I saw God on his throne and the Lamb seated in the middle of the throne. And I saw the living creatures around the throne and the angels and the elders. And John saw it all. Say, well, how could John go into the throne room of holy God? Because the way had been opened by Jesus before him with the blood. John was very near to Jesus. Jesus brought him up, said, let me show you. Before you leave the earth, I want to show you my father's house. <laughs> I want to show you this. So John went there before he died? Yep. Yep. That's what the book of Revelation clearly okay. says. And yeah. Paul did too? Paul did too. It, and, and both of them say, in the spirit. In other words, mm-hmm. they, it was, if you will, to use modern day lingo, and I don't want to get too weird here, but an out of body experience. But it was completely biblical, completely spiritual, and it was done at the command of God himself. Paul said, I was taken there and I was shown things I wasn't even allowed to say. You know why? Because he wasn't John the Revelator. But he was shown, he saw the same things John saw. But John the Revelator was taken and then God gave him permission. He said, write down these things. Write them down. These are the things that will come. And John wrote them down in the book of Revelation. And so he recorded them. But both of those guys entered into the Holy of Holies, into the throne room of God himself. But neither of them could do it before the blood of Jesus had been spilled. And so... Where did Jesus go when he died? To paradise. He made that clear. The thief was with him. But the Bible also makes clear that nobody had gone into the very presence of God. Nobody had entered into that sanctuary in heaven, in the middle of that island of paradise. All the patriarchs before Jesus that believed in God, had faith in God, they died and went where? To heaven. They didn't go to a level of heaven. They didn't go to levels of purgatory. They didn't go. They went to heaven, to paradise. They went to be with their fathers before them who were believers, the Bible says. They were buried and went to be with their fathers. And that was a, a way of saying they're with God. But never, they were in the presence of God, but never had they seen the face of God. Never had they entered into his personable, holy presence. That would not happen until Jesus shed his own blood and opened the way and became the Lamb of God. That's why Jesus said, even Abraham longs to see my day. And Abraham did see it Mm -hmm. during those three days. Wow. Now, in the Apostles' Creed, it says that, speaking of Jesus, it says, he was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. Uh On the third day, he rose again etc. Yeah. The Apostles' Creed says he descended into hell. Yep. You're saying he went to paradise. Yep. Hell and paradise are not synonyms. Right. <laughs> so when we get back from the break, let's address that. Why is there this common perception 
that Jesus did descend into hell uh-huh. for those three days? I'd be glad to address that, Mike. We'll get the answer to that question when Ask the Preacher continues. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher. I'm your host, Mike Bates. With me in the studio, Reverend Carl Gallops. We're talking about where Jesus went when he died. And before the break, I had quoted a portion of the Apostles' Creed that says, Jesus was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. Carl, why is there this perception that in the three days that Jesus' body was in the tomb, that Jesus was in hell. Yeah. Well, Mike, that is a, a common perception. And what I want to do for this part of the program is, is I want to make it clear on a kind of little disclaimer. I'm going to give my biblical opinion here. Uh, the first part of it, I'm, I'm pretty adamant about that because, because the Scripture is very clear about it. I mean, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. You, you can't argue with that. Jesus said, before me, that no one's gone into the presence of God. Hebrews says that when he did, then the, gates were, the, the way was open and people could go into the presence. So all that's backed up very clearly by Scripture. There are whole books and chapters in the Bible written to, uh, to help us understand it. But you have to know the Bible in order to understand it. But when you get to the question about going into the into hell, it's based upon putting together two obscure and a little difficult passages of Scripture to understand. One of them comes from 1 Peter chapter 3, where, um, well, I just had it marked and I moved my finger, but I can paraphrase it. I had it in my Bible here. But 1 Peter chapter 3, where it says that Jesus died once and for all for our sins, etc., etc., and it says He was raised by the Spirit, and then it says, just kind of out of the clear blue, it says, and it was by this same Spirit that He went and preached to those spirits who, are, who, are, who were in prison. Okay, Okay. so in other words, it, it kind of out of clear blue, almost out of context, it says, oh, and by the way, he also went to hell or prison, if you will. Uh, hell and prison are synonymous. He went to hell and preached to people there. Um, okay, so that kind of takes us back. And then we get into Revelation, of course, and Jesus reveals himself. He said, hey, I hold the keys to death and hell. And so people put those two together and said, okay, when he died, he went to hell. He stole the keys from Satan. He holds the keys, yada, yada. Well, here's my biblical opinion on that. Colossians tells us that Jesus is the creator of all things, all powers, all principalities, all dominions, anything created, seen or unseen. Jesus, In other words, Jesus created hell. Now, we've done a show on this before about hell and heaven and why would God send a person to hell, et cetera, et cetera. Jesus created hell for the same reason that we humans create prisons. Okay, there's a legitimate reason why hell exists. That's another whole show. But the bottom line is Jesus created it. He didn't have to go steal any keys. He didn't have to beat Satan up. Uh, He didn't have to (laughs) manipulate Satan to get keys. He owns it. He owns the universe. He created it. It it is his from the beginning. He was simply making the statement in Revelation that he holds the keys to life and death, heaven and hell. He is the supreme ruler of the universe. That's all that's about. Now, this little obscure verse in Peter, and I'm not by saying obscure, I'm not, I mean, it is scripture, so I'm not trying to, you know, to belittle scripture, but I'm just saying it's just this one little snippet that's thrown in there where it says, and by which, oh, by the way, he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Well, and here's my opinion. I could be wrong, but my conjecture on this is that during the three days in paradise, he may have also revealed himself in the same way to those who were in prison who refused to believe the prophecies of God, the prophets of God, the word of God, the miracles of God prior to Jesus' coming. He has revealed himself to heaven and hell so that there will be no excuse at the great white throne of judgment. Um, We get a hint of how that could happen over in Luke chapter 16 when Jesus was on the face of the earth. He tells the story of the rich man and Lazarus who died. The rich man 
who died obviously without belief in God, died, and the Bible says went to hell. But Lazarus, the man who was begging at his feet, obviously a believer in God, died and went to heaven. Jesus told the story. And he says, the rich man, while in hell, looked up and saw far off Abraham with Lazarus standing at his side. Now, where was Abraham? Paradise. Where was Lazarus? Paradise. You mean the rich man in hell could see him? Yes. Now, that's interesting. Mm. We don't know how exactly it's all situated, but apparently, according to the mouth of Jesus himself, one of the most hellish things about hell is that you know what you've missed in heaven. Somehow you can see it and or know about it. Somehow. But you cannot communicate. There is the Bible, he goes on to say, but there's a great chasm between the two. And you cannot cross over. You cannot go from one to the other, even if you wanted to, the Bible says. Jesus makes that clear in Luke 16. We'll let the listeners go back and read that. We're running out of time. But... So when you put all that together, here's my biblical conjecture. Jesus went to paradise. He revealed himself to the patriarchs and to the fathers of the past. They had a big party for three days. The gateway to the throne of God had not yet been opened. That would happen when Jesus presented his blood after the ascension. But during that three days, could he have presented himself literally to those in prison as well? Absolutely. He owns it. He sure could have. And or those in prison could have seen him and heard him while the partying was going on in paradise, just as the rich man did with Lazarus. So I don't really have a problem when people say he died and went to hell, but the Bible does not say he died and went to hell to steal the keys, as I've heard some preachers preach. It does not say he died and went to hell to pay for our sins, as some preachers preach. He paid for our sins on Calvary's cross. He did not have to go to hell for us. Um, the Bible does not say those things. Could those things have happened? I guess so. We'll find out. But the Bible does not say those things. What does the Bible say? It says two things. It says three things. Number one, Jesus created hell. He didn't have to steal the keys. He holds them. It says, number two, that that somehow he revealed himself to those that are in prison. And it says, number three, that in, when he told the story of the rich man and Lazarus, that somehow those in prison can see and are aware of at least some things going on in paradise. But they can't cross over and they can't communicate. And to me, that would be the most hellish part of hell. Yeah, you'd think so. I missed out and you don't and get a second chance. And never get a second chance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is why I preach with all my heart and passion, Mike, because there are people dying and going to hell every day and they'll never have another chance. While we are on this earth, we get our chance to bow our knee to Jesus Christ. And that's what I urge people to do. Listening to this show and others like it is to go to the scriptures, listen to the show, listen to the word of God and understand that you only get one chance. And it's now. That's why the scriptures proclaim in the book of Acts. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time of repentance. Today is the day. And so somebody might be listening to the show saying, well, how can I be saved? It's as simple as this. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But the, the, the word believe doesn't mean just believe with your head. It means believe with your life. Get on an airplane and fly. I believe with my life. Don't stand at the airport pointing and saying, I believe those planes will fly, but I ain't getting on one. See, you believe with your life. You get on board with Jesus. You bow your knee and say, Jesus, please save me. I repent of my sin. I know that you're God and I'm not. I ask you to save me. And then say, Jesus, I want my life to make a difference for your kingdom. And then get up off your knees. Live your life for Jesus each day, one day at a time, asking the Lord to give you strength, power, and wisdom. Find you a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, contextual Bible-teaching, Jesus-exalting church. Grow in the Lord day by day, step by step. Let your life make a difference for Him. Follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Those are the elements and the key parts of our Christian walk and our salvation experience. And we get, Mike, one chance at it. One chance. 
So don't pass it up. <laughs> don't pass it up. Uh, don't let that cup pass. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, the question you asked was a good one. Have you ever heard that answer or anything like it before? No, I haven't. I, yeah. I'd always heard that it was the descended into hell story. Yeah, I know. And that did contradict with him telling the thief on the cross next to him, because I knew that side of it, too, right. of tonight or today, you will be with me in paradise. And, right. Well, it can't be both. Which no, is can't it can't be both. So, yeah. And there are no contradictions in the Bible. There are seemingly contradictions, like we've pointed out today. But when you put them all in context, there, there are no contradictions. Jesus said what he meant, meant what he said, and was very clear. He didn't deceive. He didn't lie. He wasn't mistaken. He knew exactly what he was talking about. It's for us to research the scriptures, put them in context, and to use our head uh, if we truly care. But see, the, the problem is so many people don't care. They're, they're willing to sit in a pew and listen to a preacher say a few words and go home and never read the Bible, never dig, never research, and never ask questions, never ask the tough questions, and, and, uh, which is why the title of this program is Ask the Preacher. <laughs> I'm willing to ask them, and you're willing you to answer are. them. So I surely am. <laughs> I, I hope that people who had a misperception or maybe no perception whatsoever as to the answer to that question and the others that we do on this program have more information and can take that and... Yeah perhaps do research on their own yeah. and um, go from there. Yeah. We are now out of time, though, uh, Carl. There, there is more information on this topic and others available at the Hickory Hammock Baptist Church website. That address is www.hickoryhammockbaptist.org. It is an outstanding website, a lot of good research tools, and you can look up biblical scripture and context and that kind of thing. Carl, would you please close us in prayer? I will. And so, Jesus, I pray that I have accurately presented the marvelous truth of your shed blood opening the way to the very presence of God the Father, opening the key, opening the curtains to the Holy of Holies. Lord, just as at your own crucifixion, the Holy of Holies, the curtain in the temple was ripped in two from top to bottom to represent what was going to happen in the heavens itself when you presented your blood. So, Lord, I pray that today somebody might enter through that Holy of Holies by your blood and give their life to you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.